Hello there, my name's Pete. Welcome to Social Distancer. So, a couple of things happened on the old COVID-19 trail today. Number one, the promise of a 20-minute fast-track um, test for COVID-19, available in the next six weeks, apparently. Well, believe it when we see it. Number two, the government are... Rowing back, I think is the term used, on this idea of the app being available anytime soon. They're just saying it's going to be available in the next few weeks. They're really kind of um, retreating from the idea that it's going to be a, a ready for the 1st of June, which is the date that they want schools to go back. And in their place, they're looking for the ladies and gentlemen that will swarm the communities of Britain with their hastily put together, terribly uh, delivered training session on how to contact uh, people with COVID-19, how to trace them and then advise them to isolate. So you know we'll see they've got around about 20,000 um, well they've hired 20,000 people um, you know we'll see what happens with that of course the app is a controversial affair and you know after lots of fanfare oh we're going to try it in the Isle of Wight Isle of Wight I asked a few days ago what happened to the app well it's obviously not working well and they're in no position to introduce it to the population at large at the moment. Um, so we'll see what happens there. There's still tremendous pressure in some quarters for uh, teaching staff to get back into the classrooms. And, you know, I was reading a, a, a somebody from a union was saying that, you know, the, the government are saying, oh, look at Denmark, look at Denmark. Denmark have opened their schools. And so this union person said, okay, we'll look at Denmark. Well, Denmark gave schools to, uh, gave money to schools for the schools to install new sinks and actually get equipment in, you know, to make it, um, you know, feasible to do, make it clean, you know cleaning equipment and new sinks and stuff Denmark also uh, you've got three children inside and five children outside we're saying split the classes in two that's um, 15 kids you know up to 15 kids extraordinary difference so I you know there's big big problems I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen with the schools, I think there's lots and lots of councils are just going to refuse to open on the first. Hopefully, even the schools that are opening, they've really thought this through, you know, and they just limit the amount of kids coming in. And it's a, I mean, you know, again, Nicola Sturgeon, I know that I've got quite a few listeners in Scotland. Bonnie, Scotland, probably here for the accent. Now, I'm my mother, I must say, though, my mother is Scottish. Well, she was Scottish. She still is Scottish in the afterlife. You never you, you, just, you never lose your Scottishness. Yeah, I love her, no, Scottishness, as they say. 
But, um, you know, in Scotland, Sturgeon is forging her own path. It's embarrassing, basically, the difference, you know. They talked about up there in Scotland uh, a phased return into, um, I think she called it merging something, a kind of cool word, merge. Merge is a cool word, isn't it? Yes, merge. So when schools open in August, because they've got a different, you know, timetable to to uh, English schools, when schools open in August, the idea is that it's going to be part time in the school building and part time at home. You know, it makes sense just to kind of like, you know, introduce the kids back to this new regime, not kind of wham bam, thank you, ma'am, let's get it all done in one go, but like just kind of gradually introduce them over like tailor it or not tailor it but what's the word taper it taper it and they're tapering it in the lovely scotland i haven't been to scotland from um what four and a bit years something like that yeah edinburgh right now anyway um but you know so there's lots of questions about uh schools opening and how that's going to happen these um 20,000 people on the ground is nowhere near enough you know and Boris Johnson yesterday was saying oh well there's two two and a half thousand new cases detected and these guys they're going to be able to do 10,000 cases a day so basically we're we're fine Everything this guy turns uh, touches turns to shit. So, you know, I believe it when I see it, Bojo. And it certainly that on that alone, it gives me zero confidence on in kind of getting out there into, into the world. I'm very pleased that I'm not in the position where you know I've, some friends of mine are in the position where they have to really think very carefully about well, what do I do? You know, what do I do? What do I do? Now, uh, another. In very interesting modelling came out from a climate modeller called James Annan. And Mr. Annan was asked the question, how many lives would have been saved if we went into lockdown a week before we went in? Good question. The answer, according to Mr. Annan, is 30,000. Extraordinary. So we would basically be... Now, this is going on the government's own figures in terms of the number of deaths but we're which is like you know the kind of you know the difference you all know the difference because you're all loyal listeners but um you know the difference so it's not the excess deaths chris giles's excess deaths where he thinks it's now up to sixty-three thousand, and he and he was saying tonight that there's a long tail um kind of down you know it doesn't it's a basically very kind of um small decline you know what long tail means it's a bloody tail that's long for crying out loud so anyway back to um, James and Anne he was saying that 30,000 lives would have been saved if we'd locked down a week earlier now I don't know like it probably feels like a bit of a long time ago even though it was only a couple of months ago but there was definitely a sense in the in the like you know it's in that time, I had decided not to go to work 
couple of days before the lockdown or the week before the lockdown kind of uh, formally came in on the 23rd of March. So my final day at my work was on the Monday before. And, you know, so there's this kind of real sense of, oh, no, actually, we need to, like, this shit is hitting the fan. You know, for ages before that, friends of mine were kind of looking after their kids at home because of various medical issues with the children, you know. And so people were kind of taking it into their own hands, you know. Football had stopped. Lots and lots and lots of things had stopped in that week before the lockdown came in. But you think, well, you know... The modeler, James Anand, says Sage will have this. Obviously, Sage would have done this. And I'm sure that Sage would have advised. So now there's a bit of a push to find out, well, what exactly did Sage say to the government? Was there a sense in Sage that the government should have locked down earlier? Now, I haven't seen this go off like some stories go off, you know. I'm not entirely sure why. Well, probably because, you know, it's it's for the inquiry, as they fucking say. And you can't take back those 30,000 lives. But it is something. I mean, if Sage gave the advice to Bojo Johnson Bonson fuckhead and he said, no, 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 it's OK, you know, I've got this. I mean, remember... This is the guy that did that ridiculous speech in February saying there must be one country in the world that is willing to put the freedoms of people to buy and sell things above being scared of the virus. I mean, what a fucking prick. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens in terms of, like, was he advised to, you know, lock down early? And we know, we know when you lock down early, you are New Zealand. When you lock down, like, when every, basically everyone's fucking stopped anyway. Like, well, not quite, but, you know, football has stopped. People are making these big decisions on their own. You know, I had to kind of justify myself to my work, obviously. And they're cool, you know, totally cool. But because, like, it gives you a sense of how, like, beyond the uh, official advice everyone was. You know, people were kind of working it out for themselves. And still, we're still leaderless. You know, we're still like fucking Hattie Mancock. Get your fucking shit together, man. I mean, today he was bullshit at the briefing, you know? So we're still like really wanting uh, leadership and, you know, a sense of kind of, you know, they know what the fuck they're doing, you know? How many times did, we talk, did they talk about the app? The app, the app, the app, the app, the app. Yeah, fuck you, Apple and Google. We don't need you. We're going to go with our bestie, the bestie of um, Cummings, his brother. He's got a company. He can do it. Oh, yeah, let's try this fucking chancer. Do you know what I mean? And now look where we are. Now, Boris Johnson today has had to um, make a U-turn, seen as his most significant U-turn since he became prime minister, uh, under assault from Sir Keir Starmer yesterday at PMQs and under assault from a growing backbench rebellion on the Tory benches. Uh, the story broke with Nick Watt at um, Newsnight last night. And and then it kind of gathered pace during the day. So they've got this stupid, you know, racist piece of shit thing whereby if you are 
working in Britain, but you are, you know, born in another country and you're not a British citizen, then you have to pay a surcharge for using the NHS. I mean, fucking, how, like, unethical and inhumane is that to begin with? Now, so it shouldn't be there, like, for anyone, you know? I mean, what the fuck? But also it applies to people that work for the NHS. Like, how fucking mad is that? During a, a pandemic where hundreds of people working for the NHS and in the care system are dying because of this fucking coronavirus, right? They're like, they've got to pay a surcharge, which costs hundreds of pounds. It's incredible. I mean, what the fuck? So, you rightly, like, people at the Labour Party are going, what the fuck are you, like, at least the people that are saving our lives, probably a good idea, they don't pay the fucking surcharge. And old Bojo fucking Toby Jug, he's up there going, oh, well, I know, I'm going to save my life, I'm going to save my life. The man from Portugal and the lady from New Zealand, they save my life. But you're going to pay for the NHS. So they're going to pay for the fucking thing. And Sakir yesterday said, you know, that's uh, 70 hours on a minimum wage. And a lot of people in those, like, you know, porters and people working in care homes uh, and cleaners and um, like positions like that, working in the NHS and in the care home sector, they are on minimum wage, which is like just above eight pounds. You know, that's 70 hours just to pay for the fucking surcharge. So, under assault from all sides, Bojo has realised this is... We can't, you know, this is not the right thing. I mean, okay. So, Sakir Starmer, again, has proved quite effective and, you know, very interesting. I don't think it's only... Well, it isn't only him. Obviously, the Tory rebels is a big part of it as well. But... You know, there was substance alongside the kind of slightly, you know, rambunctious and kind of like a bit like a normal PMQs, which is all just loud and shouting and, you know, I mean, ridiculous, you know. And Corbyn's thing just became a, oh, I'm going to get my two minutes on, on Facebook and on Twitter. And it was just like, you know, I mean, ineffective, totally ineffective, because you just you either listen to it and share it and like it, or you don't. But what you don't do is kind of find out anything new. What uh, Keir Starmer is doing is taking himself out of it, and he's just quoting people that are critical of um, of Boris Johnson, you know, and the government. So he's and he makes a point of that. He's saying this isn't my like feelings about this. This is what these people are saying, you know. And so, and of course, you know, people in the medical community have been all over this saying, like, this is totally inhumane. And there's a, a viral clip that went around uh, yesterday, a guy, a porter, working in the NHS, who said, because they did have this other policy that they dropped yesterday, so two U-turns in, like, 48 hours or whatever, um, the other policy was that if you die, then you're, and if you're, like, you know, come to Britain, you work in the NHS, you die, then your uh, family don't have automatic leave to remain. I mean, what the fuck? Like, that is, like, thank fuck they, 
you got rid of that. But I mean, that stinks. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot that stinks about this government. And it's that fucking Jeremy Hunt, man. I mean, you know, he's like, oh, no, I totally disagree with it. He bought it in a couple of years ago in 2015. It's his bloody policy. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, I'm saying, do you know what I mean a lot tonight, aren't I? I'm also saying anyway a lot tonight. And your favourite and my favourite, you know. Oh, all the classics are here. Get your mates to listen. (laughs) Oh, they love this bit. Have you heard about the podcast? Yeah. Oh, it's just this fucking idiot. Like, you know. know. Anyway, let's just try and focus. So, yeah, you know, a big uh, victory for Sakir Starmer, but also a big victory for... Like, you know, common sense, as they say. Common sense, Jesus Christ. That was always UKIP's thing, you know? Anyone that says common sense, just look the other fucking way, you know? And again with this government, there's a couple of things to remember. Whenever they say transparency, they mean we are doing some sneaky shit, man. Like some of our friends are making, you know, good money off us in this crisis. All right, well... Listen, thank you ever so much (laughs) for listening. And if you could just pop in a word, do the five stars. Oh, yeah, lovely. Subscribe to the show. We're on Apple, on Spotify. We're on, oh, God, so many to name. Google Podcasts. We're on something called Overcast that I've never heard of. We're on that other one, Radio Public. Is that what it's called? Radio Pubic, something like that. Oh, we're on all the good ones. We're on Anchor. This is a podcast hosted by Anchor. Now, I've got listeners all over the world, so just a few shout-outs. Thank you so much if you're listening in the United States. Thank you. Sorry I'm not Noel. I am actually sorry I'm not Noel. And sorry that I'm not providing content as rich and brilliant and as intellectually stimulating and poetic as Noel's. But listen to those adverts. You've got three. Listen to those episodes. You got three of them. Three of them. Listen back. And um, yeah, all over the place. Germany, uh, Sweden, um, Australia, various other uh, places. Wales. Loads of guys in Scotland. Thank you, Scotland. Um, I love Scotland. I am Scottish. Ireland, of course. I am. Listen. I have to just, like, absolutely, I'm serious about this. I don't feel English particularly, even though I've lived quite a lot of my life in England. Quite a lot of my life in England. I don't feel English at all. I feel Scottish and I feel Irish. Totally Irish, more than anything, you know. Because my mother was Irish, like, going back a couple of generations. So I've definitely got that in me, you know, the Irish. Hey, yeah. Right, see you later! <laughs>